Welcome to Life in Basketball podcast on this Tuesday evening. Some awesome topics we're going to talk about today. A couple um, quick topics about players, or I should say, things that players should really take seriously during their season that will really make a huge difference in their basketball career for the future. If they have bigger goals than high school basketball, there's a couple things I think that all of you players should definitely do during the season, and I think it will kind of help you. The first thing I'm going to talk about is just because you're in season doesn't mean your training or your practice habits stop. Think about all the times all summer, um, fall, spring, whatever it was, preseason per se, how much time and effort you put into have a great season, right? You want to have a great high school season, so what do you do? You commit yourself to the off season, but then what happens is you get in the season and all of those habits go away. And I wonder why is that? Is is it time? Sure, a lot of times it is, right? You have games, you have practice, but a lot of times what we forget is all the downtime you still have on weekends, all the times that when you get your homework done, you have some free time, There's a lot of hours there where you can put up shots, you can work on your handles, you can work on things that will help you in season. And I think that it's very important. It's instrumental. I see it all the time. I see kids that come into the season and the first few weeks they're just on fire. You know, they just can't miss shots. You know, they look like the kid that's been putting in the work all off season. And then there gets that, you know, point in the season where, there's a cold streak, right? Or the shots aren't falling like they normally do. You know, you're, you're missing shots that you normally would make because you're probably not putting in that time that you did all off season. So you got to find those little blocks of time, wherever that may be. If it's a rec center, if you can't get into your gym, if you got to go to a YMCA, you know, wherever, you know, no excuses here. You can find the time. You know, I, I used to shoot outside in the cold. And I know that's That's tough, and it's not maybe best for your health sometimes. I get all those things, but if you're caring that much about your game, you're going to figure out a way to get up shots. You're going to figure out how to way to, you know, to get those reps in and train in the season. A lot of times, even in my house, I would just be laying on a bed and working on my shooting form, just constantly, you know, shooting the ball up to my ceiling, making sure I feel good about my form. So I think that's one thing for sure you should do another thing that I think gets left out and I think it's really important and it's it's personal for me because I remember this uh very easily because I played in high school for a team that was really good so my junior and senior year we had a lot of games where we won by a lot so there was times where even my ability to get better during the season in games was hindered because maybe I didn't get a ton of minutes. Maybe I, I played 17, 18 minutes in a 32 minute game because, you know, we're up 40 going into the fourth quarter and maybe I sit out that whole quarter. Um, <clears throat> awesome stat. I never forget this because I have a good uh, memory when it comes to my high school basketball team. And I do remember a couple things personally, but I mainly remember the the team winning all the time. That was the big thing. But I do remember a individual stat that has stuck with me forever is during conference play my senior year. Um, I think I averaged about 17 or 18 minutes per game in conference play. So... You know, then I was looking at my numbers. You know, all of us have personal goals. You know, we want to play well. And we don't, we not only want to win, but we do want to play well. We want to be a difference in, in those wins. 
So I remember starting to have goals during certain games. Like, look, I want to, you know, I want to have X amount of assists in the first half because, you know, I know that, hey, maybe I'm not going to get any minutes. And plus, if we play somebody good eventually, I know that I'm playing hard, even in games where the, the game's out of hand. I mean, we're winning by 40 points at halftime, right? I mean, the motivation drops, doesn't it? It drops off a little bit. Um, and also it goes the other direction when you're playing maybe for a team that is struggling and you're not winning a lot of games. Don't take plays off, though. I mean, if you're down by a lot of points, third, fourth quarter, keep playing. Keep playing the same way as if you were up by 20, if you were tied. Always play the same. Play the same level, intensity, aggressiveness, focus. That is in imperative for you as a player who has goals in the game of basketball now look if if this is a recreational sport for you look you just want to go out there and have fun kind of understand it right you, you know maybe these things aren't dear to your heart that i'm bringing up but if you're a player who has huge goals and you want to do big things in this game this is big time stuff i mean these are two huge topics training in season still getting those shots up and during the season in games no matter what the score is, you got to play hard all the time. And what happens for good players and good teams, when you play really well against lower competition, you don't take plays off, you end up playing well and you go into the state tournament and you're ready for anything because you didn't take games off, you didn't take quarters off, you didn't take minutes off, possessions off. You continued to um, have a high level, a high motor, no matter what. So I think those are good pieces of advice for you players. I think that it's something I learned. I mean, this isn't something I just came up with. This is something I've learned from great coaches. I had a great high school coach. I had a great great couple college coaches, great pro coaches. I mean, you don't want to take possessions off. You you want to play hard, and you got to find a way to get those shots up and get better in season. And uh, I always had a statement, it's always in season. And it's true. If you're, a, if you're a basketball player who has huge goals, you're always in season, no matter what. So uh, good luck to all of you. I hope it is something you use. I hope, I hope your season seasons continue to be great. And I hope if you're having some struggles, hey, keep working and, and your time will come. Happy Saturday to all you basketball fans. This is the Life in Basketball podcast. I'm your host today, Jay File. A couple awesome topics today on the show. And I'm going to go real briefly on one. And then on the other, I'm going to definitely touch on for a little while. So bear with me. Uh, number one, you know, we... Big game, obviously, if, if you're from the state of Michigan, Michigan and Michigan State play Sunday, 345 on CBS. Should be a great game. Uh, top 10 matchup, Big Ten championship implications on the line in a way, as Purdue, Michigan, and Michigan State are all tied uh, for first place right now with three losses. With four or five games left, I think it's four, four games left for most. I think Purdue's got five. We'll, we'll get on into the Michigan-Michigan State game soon. The next topic is obviously really important, really big, and that's the Zion Williamson thing. Uh, obviously, if you, were, if you were under a rock <laughs> this past week and, uh, or if you don't watch much basketball, obviously the big news is you know, Zion Williamson, uh, you know, they had a play basically uh, 
you know, rip through a shoe, which is something I've just, I've never seen before, uh, and, uh, sprained his knee, so the, the big talk, obviously, is, uh, should Zion continue, and, and I just want to say this first, all of you people that have a big comment on it, you're not Zion Williamson, number one, you have no clue what it's like to possibly have hundreds of millions of dollars, really, possibly. I mean, the, the guy is a specimen. He's a uh, luxury. He's you know, so popular besides him being such a great player. I mean, he's, he's a commodity at this point. And he is somebody who is worth you know, possibly hundreds of millions of dollars with endorsements and, and his contract to play in the NBA one day. I mean, there's a lot riding on this kid's future. So the people that will go as far as say, well, what about the love of the game? Or, you know, what about, you know, playing, you know, finishing your season, doing what you have to do for your teammates? I get it. Look, you know, the love of the game thing, probably spare me though. I want you to ask yourself this. If if you were doing anything in your life, whether it was, you know, a job or you had a career and your future was really bright, but if you had something happen, whether you got hurt or just something happened in your life and, and you had the choice of, hey, if I just shut down, I could be a little safe here, I can rest up and I can make those millions, you would probably do it, wouldn't you? You probably would. I don't think you would risk it for something that's amateur where you're not getting any money. So I just think it's comical that people who have a lot of money, people like Dick Vitale, who your business is college basketball, Dick, I get it. I get it. You want to see the best players play because I guess what? That helps you, doesn't it? The better the product is for college basketball, the more your job is safe. I get it, Dick. I totally get it. But in the end, you aren't Zion. You don't have a situation where you have a choice to make and you could possibly lose out on a huge career by pressing, by trying a little too hard. And, and look, I used to be that guy, the old school guy where I said, look, I mean, come on, love of the game, do it for your teammates, do it for your brothers. I, I always had that. That's, that's not in question with even Zion. Look how hard he's played every night while he's played at Duke. I mean, Coach K said it very, you know, simply how enthusiastic he was every time he played. It wasn't just his skill. It wasn't just how great of a player he was. It's his presence. I mean, he really tries, okay? He puts it on the line, and hey, he got hurt while putting it on the line for free for his college teammates who he won't see next year, who he doesn't have a future with, to, to be quite honest. He doesn't have a future with Coach K. You know, I mean, what is Coach K or what is Duke going to do if he doesn't make millions of dollars in the NBA? They're going to do nothing. What is the NCAA going to do if this kid does press the envelope and he does everything for your product and he loses out on his future because he gets hurt again or if he, he pressed too hard? What are you going to do to validate a statement saying, hey, you should play because you should do this for us? Well, what are you going to do for him? And I've always asked that lately when it comes to these topics of the paying the players and, you know, college athletes at the highest level should be compensated. I always wonder when they have the argument where higher up people have the argument of, well, you know, they get an edu education. Well, what is that doing for his future? I mean, is a, is a 
college degree that big of a deal? I think it's a very big deal, but he's not a student. He's an athlete first. We need to start changing the narrative. We need to start understanding that these are not student athletes. These are athletes first. They put more time into the sport than they do in their books, and that's just how it is. And honestly, everyone would do it. If there was something you were better at than school and your future, if you put more time into that thing than just getting an education and you would make more money, you'd have a better life, everyone would do it. Everyone. You wouldn't sacrifice, say, well, even though I'm doing this and it might hurt my future, I just really, it's, it's for the love of what I'm doing. No. Come on. But for some reason, high-profile college athletes get the short end when it comes to character and morale. You ever notice that? They always get the short end. You know, well, look at it, look at it. He only cares about the money. Well, you would too. <laughs> you would too. If anything in your life had a future like Zion Williamson had with, with financial stability and, and an amazing career ahead of you, you would make sure that that was in place, that nothing got in the way. And, and I just think it's incredible when people who do have money, who are successful, will question him. You know, I, I just find that outrageous. I really do. You know, the next part is, what do you do to, to change this? How do... How do we get college basketball more important? Well, I, I just think you got to find a way to do something different. I mean, I, I'm not going to sit here and start saying, okay, well, you have to pay players this, you got to pay players that. I don't know the logistics. I'm not going to sit here and put on a front like I do know. I have no clue what money each player should make. I don't know what uh, earnings they should have. I don't know what you do to compensate them. I don't know what you do to... Make sure that their future is bright if they get hurt while playing for your college. I don't know what that is, but it's got to be something. You better start having that conversation because the system is completely broken. And what's going to happen is you're going to have a lot of guys. You know, Luka, Luka Doncic just said it. He just said, you know, I hey, go to Europe. <laughs> you know, why well, play in college? Just go to Europe, make much money, get ready for the NBA. And I'm telling you, the more we see stuff like what happened to Zion and the more we see college football players shutting down early like Bosa did this year for Ohio State, that will open up hopefully the minds of the NCAA where they say we have got to find a way to protect our product by protecting our players. I'll say that again. Let's protect our product by protecting our players. Who who are our they are our product. The players are your product. The coaches that make millions. Look, I know that there's high profile coaches that make this thing run. I'm not gonna sit here and not coaches. I'm just gonna tell you this. They're not more important than the player. They never will be, they never have have been, and it's never gonna change. The players are who we want to see. We don't care as much about the guys in the suit. I mean, we do care more in college about the coaches. The coaches have a little more clout than the NBA. You know, college football, I'd say the same thing. The college football coach. Look at Nick Saban. He's larger than life. He's, he's God in Alabama. 
So the coaches are getting compensated, though. But what are the players getting? You know, here's the deal in college sports now. Because we live in a very competitive world, right? It's not okay to lose and not win championships as a coach anymore. Correct? I think we all can agree on that. If you don't do the job, look, Jim Harbaugh, you know, out here in Michigan, prime example, he's won 10 games three out of four years. Everyone wants him gone. There's a ton of people that want him gone. There's a lot of people that want him to stay. But guess what? There's a lot of people that want him gone because he can't win the big one. But he's won a ton of games. He sent guys to the NFL. He's done a great job. He's actually done a really good job. But he's going to probably maybe one day get fired or he'll leave his job because he hasn't won. And people don't like that. But he's getting paid while all this is happening. He's getting compensated. He's getting taken care of. So Jim Harbaugh gets fired one day. You know, they might have to pay him back money if, if they break his contract. I mean, there's all these things that protect the coach. But what's there to protect the player if he's not able to do something that we all want to see? Like play. I think you'll see a lot of guys that will lay it on the line more if you lay it on the line for them. And look, like I said, I don't know what that means. But there's got to be a conversation like what can we do different so this conversation about players shutting it down doesn't come up as much as it does. What do we do to change the narrative? What, what can we add for the player? I don't want to hear, oh, well, they get a free education. I don't want to hear that no more. I do not want to hear that. This thing has changed. This is not like college sports even in the 90s, even in the early 2000s. The NCAA is a billion-dollar business, people. Billions. TV contracts. Tons of money. You know, the, 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 the gear, the, the Nike stuff, the Adidas stuff, the Under Armour, the, the amount of money that these universities are making is incredible off athletes, off sports. It's so much different now. I don't want to hear it anymore about the education. I just don't. Does it matter? Absolutely. I just don't want to hear it anymore when it pertains to why athletes should lay it on the line anymore. Because I don't think that's fair. I don't think it's fair to say, well, Zion's getting a free education, so he better play with a knee sprain, and even if it ruins his career, that hey, he's getting a free education. I don't want to hear that anymore. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear any of that. If you want to say, hey, what about the love of the game, your passion for basketball, I can maybe agree to a sense. But you got to take care of people. you got to have a plan. Maybe it's insurance. Maybe it's something where they get hurt. Hey, what would they have made? What can we compensate them if they're a future pro? I, I don't know what it is, and I, I, I'm trying to figure it out. I can't. And maybe that's why the NCAA does nothing, because it is so complex. I don't know. And education is the most important thing. It isn't about just sports. Hey, if that's the case... Let's not take it so damn serious then. Let's not have so much uh, things sold, players' numbers anymore. Let's just cut that out. You know, it's the education, guys. So I don't want to sell anymore jerseys. I don't want to do that because school's first. The NCAA proves that their narrative that education first is a crock of crap. It is not about education first. It is about money. We know that. Come on.
We all know that. If you if you're fighting that, you're just naive. You're just stubborn. You're just trying so hard to make yourself sound right, and you're not. It's about the money. It's about that green piece of paper. That's what it's about here. And if there's so much of it, you got to find a way to give some more to the players. you got to find a way to have a plan. And you definitely don't want someone like Zion shutting it down because now your livelihood does matter. It matters. It hurts the NCAA because we have to have this conversation now that he may not play because he's worth millions in something else. Not in your league. He's worth millions in the pro league. And your league doesn't matter as much. And boy, if I'm the NCAA and I really care about a product and I care about money, that makes me worry. That really makes me worry that our players don't even want to finish a season. They don't even maybe want to play in March Madness. That's the topic now. And I'm telling you, it's only going to get worse. There's going to be guys that say, you know what? I'm a little banged up. And I don't really, I don't want to be that guy that loses out. Look at Zion. He didn't play. He knew what was best. He's the face of college basketball right now. NCAA, you can let, you know, like it or not. You can say it's about education. You can say it's about free learning. For student-athletes, I'm going to tell you something. The face of your league may not even be playing because he's worried about his future in a different area besides you. That's got to make you worry because more and more guys are going to come up and they're going to be thinking like Zion, the face. And there's a lot of guys out there that aren't even the face that think that way. They're like, well, you know what? I might get drafted in the NBA. I might, you know, I could go to Europe or I could... You know, the G League, I hear they're going to pay guys more. Why am I going to waste my time? It's going to continue to get worse. So you got to change the plan. NCAA, you got to find a way, man. You got to find a way to figure this thing out because it's going south real quick. And the media, boy, they're eating this up. It's going to be a topic until he plays or he decides not to. And if he decides not to, it's going to be real big news. So buckle up, NCAA. This is what you got. This is what you wanted. This is what you signed up for. This is how you run your business, your corporation, because it is a business. This is what you're going to get. So you got to man the hell up. Welcome to the Life in Basketball podcast. Jay File here for all of you on this Friday afternoon, obviously Michigan State winners 77-70 over the hated Ohio State Buckeyes, and uh, they continue to roll, and we're going to talk about a lot of things that is Spartan basketball today, and we're going to talk about some pretty much factual things that people in the state need to realize, and we can also start admitting what the truth really is when it comes to the state of Michigan basketball. And uh, I'm just going to make it very clear. Michigan State is the best program in Michigan. And it doesn't matter what uh, the Michigan Wolverines have done 
over some years with John Beeline, which they have done an outstanding job. They've had some good seasons. But Michigan State is the program in the state. And what I mean by program is they have managed to have multiple good seasons over many years of time, and they continue to improve. And, and it just it's shocking because I'm, I'm watching the season take place, and I almost am getting fooled, right? I'm sitting here going, man, you know, wow, Michigan, Michigan might just be better in basketball than Michigan State. I mean, those are the things that you start saying to yourself, and then you realize that it's not true. <laughs> you realize real quick that it's not true at all, and it's not even close to being true because Michigan State always seems to find a way to be great and better than Michigan. And the reason why is because even though Tom Izzo, can, he drives me nuts sometimes, and I think that I don't know if overcoaching is the phrase, but I think he's a little hard-headed. I think he's a little stubborn in some areas, but you know what? His guys just bring it. And, and you know, tonight, you know, today I should say Foster Lawyer scoring 14 points. Everyone should just be sitting there going, oh boy, now the guy who was Mr. Basketball in the state of Michigan is starting to contribute. This is a guy who scored 45 points in the state championship game now, people. And this is a guy who was riding the bench all year. So just imagine when he starts getting going, and now you have players like Rocket Watts coming. You have guys like Tillman coming back. I expect Cassius Winston to finish his degree at Michigan State and stay his last year. You'll have Langford back. Oh, boy. Nick Ward will probably come back now. This is now a program, and it always has been. We get fooled because in today's society, we think about things so quickly, and we need to see something now. But we also forget that Michigan State has won more Big Ten tournament titles than any Big Ten school. Well, as we see Michigan's won the last two, you know, they've, they've only won three times. They've only won the Big Ten tournament three times. Let that sink in. And it's it's okay to to have a rivalry, and it's okay to to be excited for how Michigan has done pretty good. They've they've done a good job. If you're a Michigan fan, there's nothing wrong with pumping your chest out there a little bit, but pump the brakes also and realize what's happened over years of time. And also, Michigan State kicked your butt this year. You know, they they were more physical. It, it looked like the old days where they just were tougher, way tougher. They were stronger. They got every rebound. It, it, it was so funny watching Michigan fans cry about the foul disparity. <laughs> when you watch the game, the Michigan-Michigan State game, it, it was comical. I mean, it, it's, it's so how it's always been, where Michigan State was the aggressor, and Michigan just took it on the chin. And it just it's happened so many times that I'm surprised that anyone's fooled. I'm just really surprised by that. And uh, Michigan State's clicking right now, people. I mean, it, you know, I don't care about if they win the Big Ten tournament or not. It's about how they play. And I think Tom Izzo, the one thing he said in the presser last week uh, prior to the game was, you know, if, if we get better in certain areas – you know, and we improve in certain things that we need to, um, I'm going to be happy. And I, I think that's him just saying, even if we don't win, 
but we got better in certain areas that can help us in, in the madness, I'm okay with that. And I think that's what you're kind of seeing right now with Michigan State. Someone like Lawyer scoring 14 points. Uh, Matt McQuaid, who's not typically a creative player, crosses a guy over, ball fake, Euro step, finishes. Uh, we know what Cash Winston can do. We know how much better Tillman makes them on defense, and he's going to be rock solid. We know Goins can hit threes. Now is, is Nick Ward going to come back and play well? Uh, Aaron Henry's playing really good right now. I mean, it's just so many little pieces that Michigan State has right now that tells me, who's seen a lot of basketball, this team is poised for a run. This team is poised for a run, and it's because of those little things I just said. McQuaid making a big play. that It just doesn't happen very often. Um, you know, lawyer coming off the bench, you just – Shocking everyone, but we shouldn't be shocked. This is a guy who can flat out play. You know, he scores scores fourteen points in a Big Ten tournament game. That's that's big time. That's big time for your program. That's big time for your team moving forward, going into the tournament, and then also going into the next year. And that's just why they um, are so good year in and year out. Michigan State and that program is so amazing, is because little things like that happen with lawyers stepping up. McQuaid, who all these guys can flat out play. I, I want to put this out there for everybody, you know, people who listen to this, and you know, everyone has an opinion on sports, and sports is great, right? Basketball, college basketball. One of the common phrases is, you know, fans knock players, right? You know, this guy's terrible. This guy can't do that. Let me explain this very clearly to anybody who uh, hasn't played college basketball. All those guys you see that are playing Division One basketball, probably were absolutely stars or big-time high school basketball players who were better than you by far when you played. So when, when you say things like, this kid can't play, he's terrible, he can't do this, he can't do that, a lot of it's confidence where we might see some things they don't look very good in some games, but that doesn't mean they can't play. You know, I, I've... Foster lawyer most of the season this year, probably learning the system, was, you know, shot never got a shot off in time. I think there's a couple things he could have got better at. The the level of of athleticism was a little too much, maybe, but he was just trying to figure it out. But today it proves that this guy can play, man. It's just figuring it out and being comfortable and being a little more confident. And all those guys can play that are going to get minutes. It's just a matter of um, where's the confidence and how many opportunities have they had to, to score and make plays. And it's just mind-blowing for me that we continue to doubt Michigan State, and I think we need to stop doubting them because this is so normal what's taking place right now. Them just getting that much better, winning another Big Ten title. By the way, they won the Big Ten last year in the regular season, and it was just a terrible second-round loss they had to Syracuse. But they had an amazing season last year. And, and I think Tom Izzo, now looking back at, at his press conference, how disappointed he was, and, hey, you know, you, with the media, and we had an unbelievable season, we just had a bad game. He was right. He was absolutely right. It was a bad game. They had a hell of a season. And they got a hell of a program. And now, hey, it would be really nice to see them to make a run, though. It would be nice to see Tom get back in the Final Four. It would be nice to see Michigan State really make some noise. And uh, I'm telling you right now, I'm putting this out there. I know it might be a little far-fetched, but every other team besides Duke 
I think Michigan State can beat. Can they beat Duke? They could. But I think it's a, you know, a, an obvious that Duke is the most athletic team with Zion. They're the most talented team. But I think with the way Michigan State is playing and the way certain guys are stepping up and maybe Nick Ward coming back in a few weeks, things started getting a little more normal for him. He's another scorer inside. This is a Final Four basketball team. I really believe that. And I truly believe that every team in the country besides Duke, I think Michigan State could be if they play the way they're, they're supposed to play. I just think that Duke's that one team that Tom can't get by most of the time. And they're just so talented with Zion. And, and, uh, but other than that, the, the Spartans are rolling right now. I really believe that. I think they're going to win this Big Ten tournament. I, uh, I think that they just have, when other guys step up the way they did today, that's a lot of confidence that's going to be going through that program. And, uh, you know, they're probably very tired, these guys that have played a lot of minutes, right? So when you have someone like Lawyer come in and give you 14, Aaron Henry playing better, uh, it, it's got to make you feel pretty good. So I, I think Spartans, you know, uh, prevail in this Big Ten tournament. I think they go to the Final Four. I think they got a shot at it. Um, and it's going to be a lot of fun to see. So let's, you know, let's just keep tuning in, but let's make sure we understand something. This program is outstanding, and uh, it's been outstanding for a long time. Welcome to the Life and Basketball podcast on this beautiful Saturday in the state of Michigan. Um, today's show is going to be a little different and I think informative, I would hope, but also I think an awakening for parents who have children who play the game of basketball. And I, I hope that this uh, segment is not misconstrued. I hope that, you know, this doesn't hurt anybody's feelings, <laughs> per se. I just, there's a lot of things that I think parents need to know when it comes to your children playing the game of basketball. <clears throat> Number one, basketball is a very difficult um, sport to play. I, I think that people don't understand that until you are involved in it and you realize there's a lot that goes into this thing and it's a very difficult sport and it's an up and down sport mentally, emotionally, physically and over time you start seeing changes with your kids playing the game because you know kids get more athletic, the sizes change of kids. Uh, it's just really important to understand if your child plays basketball, you got to look at all the different angles and realize if this is the sport that my son or daughter will be the most successful at. I say that because I'm a prime example of being someone who was a, a pretty pretty good basketball player, I'd say, and you know, did a lot of really, really good things, um, had a great high school career, did okay in college, made mistakes in college, though, wasn't a great student, but did pretty well a couple years in college, and had a solid 
professional career in the minor leagues, a, a very tiny bit overseas. But I can tell you right now that there were probably multiple other sports I could have been better at because of how my body was or because of how quick I was, but I didn't have the size that other guys had. I didn't have the height. You know, and and baseball is, is the first sport that always comes to mind. Baseball was very easy for me. I had quick hands, quick feet. Um... You know, I had great instincts, so I was good at baseball without even really practicing it much. You know, I I could have been probably great at baseball. I say that to you parents because it's awesome to have huge goals. It's awesome to have dreams, and I think basketball is a great sport for all kids to play for a lot of different reasons besides just, like, getting a scholarship. You, You don't have to play basketball just to get a scholarship or have all these dreams of playing in the NBA, it actually helps you in uh, so many other ways. You know, obviously it helps your your conditioning uh, for other sports. Um, if we keep it just on the sports side, I really believe that basketball helped me become great at other sports. You know, you always look at football guys, uh, coaches, they want basketball guys. Why is that? Because it's you have to be incredibly athletic to play basketball. You know, you have to be able to, to jump in the air and, and maneuver with the ball. There's so many things you have to do with basketball where it could really help you in other sports. So, you know, for the boys end, it, you know, being a good basketball player, practicing it, training for it, can help you in other sports. I mean, there's, there's no doubt about that. So I, I just want parents to understand that part because I think what we're running into is you know, we have parents that are, you know, well, Timmy's just so good. He goes to six training sessions a, a week, and he just makes every shot. And I always tell this to my friends that were parents who have kids that play basketball. Don't get caught up in how good your kid makes shots without anybody guarding him. You know, when, when he can score and he can play in games and he can make things happen against bigger kids, even if he's smaller... Then we're talking now. Now we're talking about somebody who's can can get. Uh, we can overlook his deficiencies per se with with his athleticism and his size. But until that happens consistently, I'm telling you and I'm warning you, parents. If your children are lacking or they don't meet the standard, there's nothing wrong with that. The standard in basketball is you've got to be big. You've got to be big, you got to be fast, you got to be athletic, you got to be able to jump. That's the standard. If you don't have any of that, or only a few of that, you can still be a very good basketball player. But it's an uphill climb. It's an uphill climb, and you're going to have to really prove yourself more than the other guys. Because you don't have the standard of what they're looking for. And that's what is very difficult for parents... It's difficult for the kids, for sure. I mean, hell, it was difficult for me. But it's just the honesty about this discussion. It's the truth. And looking back, I thought I was as skilled as anybody. Further down the line of my career, as skilled as anybody. But I didn't meet the standard. (coughs) That's just how it is. So because I didn't meet the standard and I wasn't 
in people's eyes good enough skill-wise to play at the highest, highest level. I didn't get a ton out of playing basketball. So I always want to make sure that I put the information out there. I'm not going to hold back. Your kids need to try different sports because you might be shocked on how far the other sport will take your child. How much money you'll save in college because of the other sports that you tried. Wow, I couldn't believe, you know, Timmy ran cross country and track and now he's got a full ride scholarship. Exactly. You know, there you go. And I have some good friends that took that route. They took that route and said, you know, basketball just wasn't working for him. You know, it, it just didn't it just didn't happen. You know, he, he just wasn't doing a good enough job. I've got friends who have daughters that, you know, they, they said volleyball is our ticket. You know, but basketball, the, the physicality of the game was too much. She she loves volleyball. She it's still a physical game, but you don't have body contact from the other opponent. And she's so talented that the sport's perfect for her. And man, I'm so glad when I hear that because all that matters is if your children are successful. That's what matters. Not what sport they play. Not sport what you want them to play. It's what makes most sense. And, you know, I always hear people say, oh, the love of the game. I'm going to tell you what's more, that's probably the most overrated statement ever. You know what I really love is having a successful life. You know, in a successful career, I think I really can love baseball if 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 I would have stuck with it more, and then realized, wow, all these doors are opening for me. This sport is pretty damn cool, and and that's what I want to continue to push on other parents because I think this is important. Now, if your kid's really really good and meets the standard, you gotta know what to expect. Basketball is a very very popular game. People are going to be pulling at you. You're going to have a lot of people telling you what to do. You're going to have other parents, AAU coaches, agents, whatever it is, everyone pulling at you that want to be a part of the ride. They want to be a part of the ride. Basketball is easily the most dirty game that we have <coughs> because it's so popular and it's so visual. We, we know everybody. You know, it, I, I look at Imani Bates in Michigan out here. You know, everybody wants a piece of this kid. Everybody's talking about him. There's probably a kid in Michigan right now who is unreal in baseball, and nobody knows who he is. But Imani Bates in basketball, we know how he's 6'9". He meets the standard. Man, he can really, really play. He's athletic. He can score. He's got the swag that you need. Let me just put a clear picture out there for you parents who don't meet the standard. Your kids don't meet that standard. Good luck. Because every single person, coach, agents, people connected to this somewhat dirty game of basketball, that's all they want is Imani Bates. That's the type of kids that they want. They don't want anything else. They want that. And then the, the next levels that drop down, they want someone who's just as close to that. Who's maybe not as athletic, but is pretty big. Who's pretty, jumps pretty well. 
still can score. And then the lower level you get, they just get a little smaller. And then the lowest level of college basketball is still really, really good. And they still want big guys. I played at three levels of basketball. My college career was not as good as it should have been. I was going through a lot of things and I struggled. I played Division One basketball for a year and a half. The people, the players were huge. I did not meet the standard. I played at the D3 level. People were huge. I did meet the standard skill and I could dominate because I was so skilled. And I was an honorable mention All-American at the D3 level and I led the conference in three-point shooting. That was my level. And then I could probably go overseas at a small market, maybe make decent money. That was me. That was really hard to be that. I had to work my ass off to have that. Because of situations in school, I went to the lowest level of basketball, which in my opinion is NAIA basketball. I think junior college sometimes is better. NAIA Division II basketball, I thought was lowest level. Guess what? They were huge. The players were really big. I played with 6'9 guys at the NAIA level. Everybody's big. Everybody, there's a standard. you got to have this to be a basketball player. So you got to think about these things when your kids are growing up. Johnny and Timmy don't have the standard. What are you going to do as a parent? Are you going to lie to them? Or are you going to stand up and say, look, you're not going to be big. And you might not meet the standard, and this is the standard, but you could still have a good life in basketball. You better work your butt off. You better have great grades. You better be incredibly skilled, and you better be fearless, and you better find a way to be consistently good, because nobody's going to just take you right away. You don't have the standard. And that's just how it is, and that's why basketball isn't for everybody. Because it's not easy. Basketball has taught me a lot. And it's, it, you know what basketball has done for me? It's broke my heart a lot of times. <laughs> a lot of times. Because it's, it's something I put my whole life into. And, and it, there wasn't always a reward. It, it teaches you that sometimes your best isn't good enough. So what you do is you realize, I did try my best. And I did get a lot out of this thing. But in the end, you know, there still is certain requirements and standards. So I advise you parents, look, take this as a positive. Don't take it as a negative. Just have a plan. Have a plan to how to teach your kids to still work hard and still be focused and how do you um, not become overmatched because your kids don't meet the standard height, the standard athleticism. So those are things you have to try to figure out. And I hope the best for every parent who has kids that play basketball. I do think you should look into other sports, though, because I think that other sports provide another opportunity for you, and I don't think you should put all your eggs in one basket. That's something that I did at the end of my high school career, but most of the other years I played all sports. So um, thanks for tuning in. I really want people's feedback on this. I think this is a good topic, and uh, I'm always uh, open for suggestions. Again, life in basketball. Do, you, do your kids meet the standards? And if they don't, what can you do to not be overmatched? This is Life in Basketball Podcast. Uh, i your host, Jeremy File. Today, um, I'm going to mention something today. And, you know, I have, um, I've made some statements on my behalf. And I've, um, I've had a lot of things to say about some of the uh, 
things I've went through in the last year. Um, there is things I haven't said in public because I think it's important to not be um, mistreated by a statement that I make. I think it's also important that my comments aren't misconstrued. Um, every comment I make is not because I'm not uh, sorry for leaving Napoleon schools. That's, you know, I, I miss all the players I trained. I lost everything by leaving. I, I miss the parents. I miss the players. Um, I miss certain faculty members at the school of Napoleon High School. I miss um, people I dealt with in the lab. Um, every single day I have to wake up and realize I don't have a business anymore because of the way I left the school. But I, when I say that, do understand I didn't leave as far as a plan to ruin other people's situation. That's not what happened. That's the biggest thing that I've had to deal with in my trouble is that I think people think that I had this plan all along to leave the program in the in the school and also uh, leave people behind with my business. That was not the case. I don't need to get into a personal story because... That's not fair to my family, but there was a terrible family situation I was dealing with. And because I was dealing with that, I did not know how to handle my business, my jobs, and I didn't know how I could stay in the Jackson area while I was dealing with the family situation. I had no clue how I could manage all of that. I was I was really uh, going downhill fast. I, I just didn't mentally have you know, the capacity to move forward and do a good job in my business and my, and my coaching because of what I was dealing with personally. Um, what I'm not going to allow is I'm not going to allow my, things to be said about me that are not true. That um, Because I think now that you know I am coaching again, I, I work with groups again, I've been fortunate to have enough parents to still trust me, and I do have players, and the hardest thing for me is when I walk into a gym, I see people that I've worked with in the past and there's a major problem there because of what was said about me publicly and that is not fair to me I will say that I don't need anyone to feel sorry for me but I also don't need people to think of me a certain way because of false things because that's not fair to my life that's not fair to my family's life and it's certainly not fair to the kids because I worked with thousands of kids in the Jackson County area and I, and I improved all of them and I did a great job for them. And I had great relationships with parents. And I never did anything to hurt people. While leaving the school the way I did, I was wrong leaving the time I did. The timing was horrible. Um, I should have stayed that year and then reevaluated once the year was over. That was my mistake. Um, by just taking off and resigning so close to the season. And my players did not deserve that. That was, that was not fair. But I also didn't think I could do a good job. And I also didn't think that the players deserved a coach that was not at a high level like I was before. So when I had talked to my assistant coach, I thought he may do a better job than me. And even though he's not on the same level as me basketball-wise, I think the kids were going to respect him. And I think he did a great job of helping me. So I thought that my kids were going to be in good hands. I thought they may even be in better hands than with me as their varsity basketball coach. So when I left, I, I made it very clear that I wanted, you know, when I spoke to the, you know, AD, 
I made it clear that I wanted the assistants to stay because I thought it would be an easier transition. And it did work out that way. You know, it was an easier transition. They had a pretty decent season, and they still won a good amount of games. And I think the, the seniors that were on that team, they deserved to have a good senior year, and they did. So I was proud of that. Um, all the things I've dealt with individually and personally, um, there's a lot to this. Um, I still worked with players who were in the lab before, after all of the stuff that was said about me. I think a lot of parents do trust me, but I do think there's a lot of parents out there that are thrown off by what has been said about me. Um, number one, when we had a camp set up, you know, that was set up in January, um, the plan was definitely to still run it. What happened was there was a lot of things that fell apart, and my opportunity to even have a gym uh, was going to be hard. <clears throat> Where I fell apart was there was not enough refunds that were handed out quick enough. We handed out a lot of refunds. There were certain refunds that fell through the cracks. Um, and those parents that uh, had that uh, camp that didn't get it just needed their money back, and they deserved their money. I didn't think this should have been a criminal matter because the, the amount was so low, but it turned into that. Um, if, if it wasn't in court or if I could have spoke to the people, which I was told not to, um, this would have been handled without going to court. This would have been handled, um, directly with each parent and, uh, it would have been over and I, and I wouldn't be sitting here judged as, as a criminal. Um, this isn't a, a case where there's tons of money. This is a, a small case where it's, it's, uh, a couple clients that have uh, need their money back, and the amount of money is so low, but it was put on such a large scale. Um, I'm not saying that I don't take it serious. I do take it very serious, and every single parent should get their money back. What I have a problem with is the scale that they're putting it on, and also some of the things that they added to it that was not fair. Um, I have no problem with Jackson County court systems with judges, not one problem. I have a problem with the things that were said about me in the media, and I have a problem with the things that the school added on to my punishment. Um, there is in no way, shape, or form should I be paying for new basketballs when I never received new basketballs. Uh, that's incredible to me that a school, you know, district, um, an athletic department can pay for something that they never paid for when I was there. But because I left, now I pay for it. I, I'm, I have no idea how that's fair, and I have no idea how that's lawful. Um, I'm going to do it because it's what I'm supposed to do through the court. I respect the law, but I don't have to sit back and say it's right. Um, we have our freedom of speech. It's wrong to be treated unjust. I'll do everything I can to make this matter better. But I think it's incredible that I'm the one paying for equipment when I never had any equipment. <laughs> I, I just, I don't know even know what else to say to it. It's, it's the craziest thing I've ever dealt with. But I know that there's others have dealt with it too. And, if, and you, you all that have dealt with something like this where you're treated unjustly, you know, I, you know how I feel. You know, it, it's hard. And, but you bite the bullet and you move on. Um, and that's just where I where I'm at right now. Um, it's difficult. Uh, parents, if I that have been involved with me that are listening, and that still do have a problem with me, I have no hard feelings towards anyone. Um, I know it looks bad still, and I know that 
Um, it's difficult because I'm still trying to be in a gym and I have to see people and it's, it's harder for me. It's hard for me because now that my reputation is, um, different, um, it's very difficult for me to step into a gym and that's sad because I think it affects the players. It affects the so many players that I've helped over such a long period of time. And that is difficult for me. It's, I, I don't care if people have a problem with me. I have a problem that I can't be the same coach trainer sometimes because I think kids might, you know, be told things now or kids might look at me a certain way because of, you know, the things that were said about me. Um, and that's the hardest part because I care about the parents. I care about the kids. I've always been about the players first. And this is just, um, a huge hurdle for me. Um, I don't feel sorry for myself, but I do feel sorry for the fact that this is a a situation that shouldn't be the way it is. Um, could I have done better in some areas? Absolutely. I could have handled situations better. Do I deserve to be treated a certain way? Because of things that are said about me? No, absolutely not. Because the, some of the things that were said about me and some of the things I'm going through are just not right. And it's just not fair. It's not fair to everybody involved. And, and I'm just a small piece. I'm just the guy who was running the training. I was the guy that was doing the basketball stuff. But there's a lot of people involved. There's parents. There's kids. There's kids who, who probably missed some of the things that we were doing in camps. There's parents out there that, you know, I worked with their kids for years, and and their kids developed at a ridiculous rate, and now I'm not there to train them. And it also puts parents in a situation where they they feel like, well, I be judged if I train with Jeremy again. That's hard. That's difficult. That's, you know, I've had my time as a player. I don't need anybody to validate anything for me as far as a player as a trainer. I feel good about who I am as an individual player, trainer, coach. I don't feel good about the fact that there's still guys out there and girls that I've worked with that need that help, that need to get better, and I was a good source for them. That's what I don't feel good about because of what has been said about me. It hinders that. And I'm going to do my best to move forward, but I do think it's important for me to say the things I'm saying today because every single time I stepped into a gym, every single time I worked with a player, I put my all into it, I cared about the player not only as a athlete, but as a person. I never did one thing that was um, wrong as far as, you know, abusing a kid with my words. Um, obviously, never physically. I mean, I would, I mean, I, anyone that knows me really well knows how, um, you know, passionate I am, but also calm I am. I don't have a um, intense, fiery side as far as I could scare someone. When I coached my varsity team, they'll tell you that Jeremy definitely was more aggressive with his words. You know, that was probably the one group of people that I was the hardest on. And it was also the group of people that I think got the most out of it. They, uh, you know, 2000, um, that, that class, 2017 was very special to me, that senior class. And my first year coaching varsity basketball, that was such a fun group. And we won 16 games. We, we did some awesome things. And, and that group was, we had so much fun together. And, um, you know, those are things that nobody can take back. Nobody can take that away from me, my players, those parents. And uh, I hope that, you know, it, it was something that people will think as a positive still. But in conclusion, I just want to say that I am not going to sit back and allow certain things to be said about me 
that make me out as a different person than who I am. I'm not going to allow it. I have a voice. I have a platform. I still can use it. I don't have to use it in some areas, but I can use it on what I'm using now. I can go on social media. I have that right. It's not fair for me to be silent for things that are unlawful against me. So here I am. I'm not going anywhere. I'm trying to be better. I'm going to be better. And uh, I certainly want to help all of your players get better. Life and Basketball Podcast, and yes, I'm going to rant a little bit. Michigan State fans and Michigan fans, you probably want to cover your ears, or you can listen, maybe you'll learn a thing or two, and you can stop crying. Quit crying, quit whining, please. Just stop. I can't take it anymore. You've got two really good teams in the state number one. Two really good teams. Something that should be celebrated. I'll be honest with you, the best thing that I I seen last week that pertains to the state of Michigan basketball was John Beeline and a couple of the Michigan players wishing Michigan State luck. Best thing I've seen in a long time. Apparently the players and the coaches get it. They understand the respect level. Both teams are really damn good. Michigan State, yeah, they beat up on them, Michigan, this year. They're a good team. They're tough. They're Tom Izzo built. This team is perfect for Tom Izzo. What they lack in talent, they make up for with hard work, getting an offensive rebound, doing all the little things. That's, that's Tom Izzo. That's a Tom Izzo basketball team. And I love it. I love it because it makes sense. And they got a leader in Cassius Winston who's really good. And certain guys have stepped up and made plays. Xavier Tillman, Xavier Tillman's been outstanding. I thought that he would not be as important as Nick Ward. He's turned out to be more important. Matt McQuaid, I, you know, didn't think he was that great. Probably said some things about him that were now unwarranted. He's been great. Carried Michigan State. In the Big Ten Tournament Final, in the win over Michigan, he was outstanding. Kenny Goins hits open shots. They do little things. It's, it's Michigan State. It's, it's exactly the type of team they're used to having, and they're really good. You know what? Michigan's pretty darn good, too. They've had a really good season. They just haven't been able to beat State. Period. That's. I mean, you look at their season. You know, I, I, what's, I think their record is what now, 30-6, and 29-6. I, I, it's not right in front of me, but I think they're 30-6. and six. State's the same. You got two 30-win teams, but you have children as fans. Whiny children. You know, I might be off base. Maybe someone else in the other rivalries can help me. Maybe they could say, yeah, we we dislike the other one so much, we just hope they lose all the time. We don't care about how good two teams are in our state, North Carolina, Duke. Maybe there's some more whining in that fan base. I don't know. I, don't, I guess I don't see it. But I have to say this. This is my opinion, and this is my statement. I think Michigan and Michigan State, the rivalry is so crybaby-ish with the fan bases, it's it just makes me cringe listening and reading things that both fan bases say. 
you have two 30-win teams in the state who are the best two teams in a pretty darn good conference, and all I hear about is complaining about, well, you know, why did they get a better bracket? And, you know, we, we, we should have this. We did that. Look, Michigan State deserved a one seed. I agree. I'm not whining for them, but I do agree. I thought they, you know, they lost a couple bad games. I guess maybe the committee took that into consideration. I don't know. They Their best wins clearly are the three wins over a really good Michigan team. Does that warrant a one seed? I thought so because they won the regular season and tournament. But this is where we stand. It, it's okay. You know, newsflash for, for both fan bases. Uh, number one, Michigan's bracket's not easy right now. I, I think we could agree, I would hope, if anyone watches basketball and just doesn't say things, that Texas Tech is as good or better than LSU. They're, they're just as good or better. They're a good team. It's going to be a really hard game for Michigan to win. It's going to be hard for State to win. No matter who you play now, you're, you're going to have a hard time. You know, and, and the narrative... You know, state fans, I, I, I think they get that they can't beat Duke, and I think they want Duke to lose. I mean, I think everybody wants Duke to lose. I, I, I get that. Everybody wants Duke to lose. Nobody likes him. That's okay. You know, if there's anyone, if there's a statement, us first, everybody, I think Duke, that statement reigns true more than any other school. Nobody likes Duke, and they, everyone wants him to lose. So let's just, let's just put that out there. But, you know, then I'm getting comments that, well, you know, Duke's not that good, you know. I think they're beatable. Well, then, then why are you crying about the bracket? If they're not that good, then, then, then you beat them. <laughs> you know, if they're, if they're just, if they, they almost lost to UCF, who I think State's better than. Michigan State, you're right where you want to be. You're right where you want to be. There's nothing to cry about. You're in the Sweet 16. Enjoy it. Enjoy the ride. Quit crying. Beat LSU. Duke, you know, should win, and then beat them, since they're not that good now. And mind you, let me just put this out there. Michigan, because um, this is more of a complaint about state fans, and I'll get to you Michigan fans soon. You've got plenty of things out there, too, that are ridiculous. But state fans, I, I just want to remind you that, number one, if Gonzaga wins and, and Michigan wins, so Michigan plays the Zags, um, Gonzaga beat Duke. I think you, everyone forgot about that. In a neutral site, mind you, when both teams were fully healthy, Gonzaga beat Duke. Is Gonzaga better than Duke? 50-50, right? In my opinion, 50-50. They've already beat him once, so it wouldn't be too far-fetched to say they're better. So the brackets aren't easier for anyone. You know, State had Bradley and Minnesota. Oh, what a terrible bracket. So difficult. You know, Michigan, they had Florida and Montana. Not that difficult, in my opinion. I mean, it's the same as States. Not much not much harder. They're both two seeds. You know, it's it's pretty even. That doesn't take away what I that I think State should be the number one seed. I agree with state fans when they say that. They earned that. I agree. But stop whining and say it's so much easier. 
do I think it's ridiculous that it, that if Maryland won, State has to play Maryland and D.C.? Uh, yeah, I do. I, I don't know what the committee was thinking there. <coughs> but, I mean, Maryland's not great. It is kind of a home game for him. I think that's crazy and ridiculous. But, I mean, let's just, let's just calm down. Michigan State, you're in a great position. You, you celebrate the success of a really good team. LSU is going to give you problems, but I think you beat them because I don't think LSU is very smart. I think they're super athletic, but they they don't in, they they lack the the game management. They they almost blew it against Maryland. They almost gave it away, and uh, you know they struggled in their first round game. They're beatable. They're very beatable, obviously. So state fans, just just pump the brakes. Enjoy the ride. You you you, you get to Duke. It's a team that you say now you can beat because they've proven that they have flaws. So just go out and beat them. Take the advice from your coach. We'll play anyone, anywhere, anytime. Okay, good. Your your coach is saying that. Take that advice. We'll play anyone, anywhere. That means possibly Duke. We think we can beat them. We'll play anyone. Boom. There you go. Nothing else to say. Nothing else to say. There you go. Now, to you Michigan fans, oh, where do I begin? Talk about crybaby city. You know, if you ever want to to really not like Michigan, go somewhere in a public place. And, you know, you're just trying to order some food and, you know, the, the games are on. And, you know, you got a, 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 a bushel of Michigan fans and sitting at a table. And then with 19 minutes and 30 seconds left in the first half, I'm hearing, where's the foul over the back? Dude, the game just started. Nobody's trying to screw you. The refs, I mean, let the game be played. It's like, because you deal with the Sparty whining, you got to whine more. Well, we're Michigan. We we're, we're better than the state, so let's whine more too. I mean, I just want to grab the Michigan fans and just say, "Shut up!" It's just the game just started. The refs aren't trying to kill us. Nobody cares what happened in 1985 in football either. Just watch the game. Your team's got 30 wins. Shut up. They're pretty good. Enjoy it. I mean, goodness gracious. Thank God. Thank God that the people who matter the most, the coaches and players, have it together. Or it would be impossible to root for either team. Because these two fan bases are like two bickering children yelling at each other, hoping the other team loses. Someone please comment to this after you hear it. If you if you can make it through and you're not mad at me for saying all these things. If you can if you can make it through this whole segment and I want you to comment, tell me what other fan bases whine more than Michigan, Michigan State. Please tell me. I, I'm waiting. I've never seen I've never seen it from other fan bases who are rivalries, you know, have rivals. I've never seen them cry so much about the other side. 
you know, Duke and North Carolina are both great. I feel like they both respect each other a lot. They don't like each other. But I never seem to see or hear them complain about the other winning as much. Like I said, Duke, everyone wants Duke to lose. They're, they're, they're so historically good, everybody wants to see him get beat and upset. I get that part. But I just don't even see their rivals crying about him as much. Because you want to know why? Their rival, North Carolina, has won a lot too. And Michigan and Michigan State, both you two have won a lot too. You've won the Big Ten. You've been in the Final Fours. You've, you've, you've done a lot. Quit crying about the other team. Embrace it. You know what would be awesome? Is if both teams made the Final Four. I'd be so happy about that. I would not say anything bad about the other. I'd say, you know, this is pretty damn cool in my state that two teams are efficient enough and good enough to make it to the last four teams. Pretty cool. Pretty damn cool. Pretty exciting stuff. But instead, oh my, are their bracket? Why we beat them? Their brackets easier. False. Not true. Newsflash to everybody, you know, if you've ever watched basketball or if you know anything about basketball, when you get to the Sweet 16, everyone's good. Everybody's good. Everyone. Oregon subpar team for the most part this season. <coughs> they play in a weak Pac-12 in my opinion. They're tough. I wouldn't want to play Oregon right now. They'd be hard. It'd be a hard game. They're going to be a hard team to beat. Period. Purdue, who didn't win anything in the Big Ten. And Tennessee was damn good all year, number one at one point. Tennessee's going to have their hands full with Purdue. Purdue's tough. There ain't no easiness about that. There ain't no easy road. It could be hard for them. Tennessee ain't going to walk through Purdue. If they, I have them losing. I think Purdue's going to make the Final Four. Then they're going to shock everybody. Why Sparty and Wolverine fans cry, Purdue will probably be the one team that goes to the Final Four in the conference. Just minding their own business and getting better every week. I don't think Purdue's great. I'm not saying that. I, I think they got a good shot at making it to the Final Four. I think they could beat Tennessee, and I think they can beat Virginia. I think that's what's going to happen. They got a great player in Carson Edwards. They're pretty big. I think they got a good shot. Is it going to happen? Well, we'll see. Who knows? I don't know. I'm not a fortune teller. But I just think that Michigan and Michigan State fans need to just sit back in their chairs, maybe cover their mouths, stop whining, and kind of enjoy what's happening. I, I, I've never met two fan bases that they, they want the other to lose more than they want to win. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, oh, our bracket's so you know, much harder than Michigan. Who cares what Michigan's doing if you're state fans? Michigan, who cares what those guys are doing in East Lansing? That's their, that their business. Let them handle it. You know, unless you're playing them. And when you're playing each other, that's fine. Throw the shade. Hey, throw the gauntlet. We hate you. I hate you. Totally get that part. Because you're playing the team. Totally get it. Bring the heat, man. That's what makes the rivalry fun. What makes it worse is when they don't play. And then the whining continues. In the, in the, in the, it's like you, you know, you're, you're in a relationship that's going really well, but you're crying about your ex. You know, don't worry about her. She's doing, she's living her life. You got your thing going. Things are pretty going pretty good at home. Quit worrying about everybody else's home. It just continues to get worse and worse 
And oh, hey, maybe that's what makes it so special. Maybe that's what makes you know why I'm talking about it because it is a topic, and you know, at least they're being talked about. I guess, right? You know, I guess. But I just wish for one thing this week: peace. And you know, I'm I'm not gonna read anymore about the, you know from the fan bases. I got a lot of friends from both fan bases. I'm done with you guys. You guys are crazy. You guys are crazy. Go blue, go green. I hope both win. Do I think both will win and make the final four? No, but I but it would be damn cool if they did. It would be just awesome, superb. So I'm pulling for both. I'm pulling for both because I think it'd be great for the state. And I think people need to pump this state up more. And I think people need to realize how damn good this state is in basketball. I think we get kind of left in the in the back of the room. I want us to be in the front. I want us to be the stars of the show. Okay, I'm tired of being the co-stars. You know, I, I want to celebrate the fact that both schools are really, really good. And I don't need to throw shade at the other to make me feel good about myself. That's just something that seems to happen in both fan bases too much. So, yeah, give me your thoughts. You know, please, <coughs> excuse me, I'm losing my voice. I'm losing my life here thinking about this. But please give me some comments. Name me a rivalry where there's more whining. Please, just write it. And, and I want to research this thing. And I want to know. And I want to know how it really is in these other places. Because right now, this is craziness in this state. Give me your comments. Give me your feedback. Give me who you think is going to make the Final Four. Can't wait. Awesome week. Rant over. Go blue, go green. It would be so cool to see both teams make it to the Final Four. Life and Basketball Podcast. And yes, I'm going to rant a little bit. Michigan State fans and Michigan fans, you probably want to cover your ears. Or you can listen. Maybe you'll learn a thing or two. And you can stop crying Quit crying, quit whining, please. Just stop. I can't take it anymore. You've got two really good teams in the state, number one. Two really good teams. Something that should be celebrated. I'll be honest with you, the best thing that I I seen last week that pertains to the state of Michigan basketball was John Beeline and a couple of the Michigan players wishing Michigan State luck. Best thing I've seen. In a long time. Apparently the players and the coaches get it. They understand the respect level. Both teams are really damn good. And Michigan State, yeah. They beat up on them, Michigan, this year. They're a good team. They're tough. They're Tom Izzo built. This team is perfect for Tom Izzo. What they lack in talent, they make up for with... Hard work, getting an offensive rebound, doing all the little things. That's that's Tom Izzo. That's a Tom Izzo basketball team. And I love it. I love it because it makes sense. And they got a leader in Cassius Winston who's really good. And certain guys have stepped up and made plays. Xavier Tillman. Xavier Tillman's been outstanding. I thought that he would not be as important as Nick Ward. He's turned out to be more important. Matt McQuaid, I... You know, didn't think he was that great. Probably said some things about him that were now unwarranted. He's been great. Carried Michigan State in the Big Ten Tournament Final in the win over Michigan. He was outstanding. 
Kenny Goins hits open shots. They do little things. It's, it's Michigan State. It's, it's exactly the type of team they're used to having, and they're really good. You know what? Michigan's pretty darn good, too. They've had a really good season. They just haven't been able to beat State. Period. That's. I mean, you look at their season. You know, I, I what's I think their record is what now thirty and six, twenty nine and six. I, I, it's not right in front of me, but I think they're thirty and six. State's the same. You got two thirty win teams, but you have children as fans, whiny children. You know, I might be off base. Maybe someone else in the other rivalries can help me. Maybe they could say, yeah, we we dislike the other ones so much. We just hope they lose all the time. We don't care about how good two teams are in our state. North Carolina, Duke. Maybe there's some more whining in that fan base. I don't know. I, don't, I guess I don't see it. But I have to say this. This is my opinion, and this is my statement. I think Michigan and Michigan State, the rivalry is so crybaby-ish with the fan bases, it's it just makes me cringe listening and reading things that both fan bases say. You have two 30-win teams in the state who are the best two teams in a pretty darn good conference, and all I hear about is complaining about, well, you know, why did they get a better bracket, and, you know, we, we, we should have this, we did that. Look, Michigan State deserved a one seed. I agree. I'm not whining for them, but I do agree. I thought they, you know, they lost a couple bad games. I guess maybe the committee took that into consideration. I don't know. They Their best wins clearly are the three wins over a really good Michigan team. Does that warrant a one seed? I thought so because they won the regular season and tournament. But this is where we stand. It, it's okay. You know, newsflash for, for both fan bases. Uh, number one, Michigan's bracket's not easy right now. I, I think we could agree, I would hope, if anyone watches basketball and just doesn't say things, that Texas Tech is as good or better than LSU. They're, they're just as good or better. They're a good team. It's going to be a really hard game for Michigan to win. It's going to be hard for State to win. No matter who you play now, you're, you're going to have a hard time. You know, and, and the narrative, you know, State fans, I, I, I think they get that they can't beat Duke, and I think they want Duke to lose. I mean, I think everybody wants Duke to lose. I, I, I get that. Everybody wants Duke to lose. Nobody likes him. That's okay. You know, if there's anyone, if there's a statement, us first, everybody, I think Duke, that statement reigns true more than any other school. Nobody likes Duke, and they, everyone wants him to lose. So let's just let's just put that out there. But you know, then I'm getting comments that, well, you know, Duke's not that good. You know, I think they're beatable. Well, then, then why are you crying about the bracket? If they're not that good, then then you beat them. <laughs> you know, if they're if they're just if they they almost lost to UCF, who I think State's better than Michigan State. You're right where you want to be. You're right where you want to be. There's nothing to cry about. You're the Sweet 16. Enjoy it. Enjoy the ride. Quit crying. Beat LSU. Duke, you know, should win. And then beat them since they're not that good now. And mind you, let me just put this out there. Michigan 
because um, this is more of a complaint about state fans, and I'll get to you Michigan fans soon. You've got plenty of things out there, too, that are ridiculous. But state fans, I, I just want to remind you that, number one, if Gonzaga wins and, and Michigan wins, so Michigan plays the Zags, um, Gonzaga beat Duke. I, I think you, everyone forgot about that. In a neutral site, mind you, when both teams were fully healthy, Gonzaga beat Duke. Is Gonzaga better than Duke? 50-50, right? In my opinion, 50-50. They've already beat him once. So, it wouldn't be too far-fetched to say they're better. So, the brackets aren't easier for anyone. You know, State had Bradley and Minnesota. Oh, what a terrible bracket. So difficult. You know... Michigan, they had Florida and Montana. Not that difficult, in my opinion. I mean, it's the same as states. Not much, not much harder. They're both two seeds. You know, it's it's pretty even. That doesn't take away what I that I think state should be the number one seed. I agree with state fans when they say that they earned that. I agree. But stop whining and say it's so much easier. Do I think it's ridiculous? That, it, that if Maryland won, State has to play Maryland and D.C.? Uh, yeah, I do. I, I don't know what the committee was thinking there. <coughs> but, I mean, you, Maryland's not great. It is kind of a home game for him. I think that's crazy and ridiculous. But, I mean, let's just, let's just calm down. Michigan State, you're in a great position. You, you celebrate the success of a really good team. LSU is going to give you problems, but I think you beat them because I don't think LSU is very smart. I think they're super athletic, but they they don't they they lack the the game management. They they almost blew it against Maryland. They almost gave it away, and uh, you know they struggled in their first round game. They're beatable. They're very beatable, obviously. So state fans, just, just pump the brakes. Enjoy the ride. You, 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 you get to Duke. It's a team that you say now you can beat because they've proven that they have flaws. So just go out and beat them. Take the advice from your coach. We'll play anyone, anywhere, anytime. Okay, good. Your, your coach is saying that. Take that advice. We'll play anyone, anywhere. That means possibly Duke. We think we can beat them. We'll play anyone. Boom. There you go. Nothing else to say. Nothing else to say. There you go. Now, to you Michigan fans. Oh, where do I begin? Talk about Crybaby City. You know, if you ever want to to really not like Michigan, go somewhere in a public place. And, you know, you're just trying to order some food. And, you know, the the games are on. And, you know, you you got a, a, a... a bushel of Michigan fans and sitting at a table. And then with 19 minutes and 30 seconds left in the first half, I'm hearing, where's the foul over the back? Dude, the game just started. Nobody's trying to screw you. The refs, I mean, let the game be played. It's like, because you deal with the Sparty whining, you, you got to whine more. 
well, we're Michigan, we, we're, we're better than the state, so let's whine more, too. I mean, I just want to grab the Michigan fans and just say, shut up. It's just, the game just started. The refs aren't trying to kill us. Nobody cares what happened in 1985 in football either. Just watch the game. Your team's got 30 wins. Shut up. They're pretty good. Enjoy it. I mean, goodness gracious. Thank God. Thank God that the people who matter the most, the coaches and players, have it together. Or it would be impossible to root for either team. Because these two fan bases are like two bickering children yelling at each other, hoping the other team loses. Uh, someone please comment to this after you hear it, if you, if you can make it through and you're not mad at me for saying all these things. If you can, if you can make it through this whole segment, I want you to comment tell me what other fan bases whine more than Michigan, Michigan State. Please tell me. I, I'm waiting. I've never seen I've never seen it from other fan bases who are rivalries, you know, have rivals. I've never seen them cry so much about the other side. You know, Duke and North Carolina are both great. I feel like they both respect each other a lot. They don't like each other, but I never seen to see or hear them complain about the other winning as much. Like I said, Duke, everyone wants Duke to lose. They're they're, they're so historically good. Everybody wants to see him get beaten and upset. I get that part. But I just don't even see their rivals crying about them as much. Because you want to know why? Their rival, North Carolina, has won a lot too. And Michigan and Michigan State, both of you two have won a lot too. You've won the Big Ten. You've been in the Final Fours. You've, you've, you've done a lot. Quit crying about the other team. Embrace it. You know what would be awesome? Is if both teams made the Final Four. I'd be so happy about that. I would not say anything bad about the other. I'd say, you know, this is pretty damn cool in my state that two teams are efficient enough and good enough to make it to the last four teams. Pretty cool. Pretty damn cool. Pretty exciting stuff. But instead, oh my, are their bracket? Why? We beat them. Their bracket's easier. False. Not true. Newsflash to everybody, you know, if you've ever watched basketball or if you know anything about basketball, when you get to the Sweet 16, everyone's good. Everybody's good. Everyone. Oregon subpar team for the most part of the season. <coughs> they play in a weak Pac-12 in my opinion. They're tough. I wouldn't want to play Oregon right now. They'd be hard. It'd be a hard game. They're going to be a hard team to beat. Period. Purdue, who didn't win anything in the Big Ten. And Tennessee was damn good all year, number one at one point. Tennessee's going to have their hands full with Purdue. Purdue's tough. Ain't no easiness about that. Ain't no easy road. It could be hard for them. Tennessee ain't going to walk through Purdue. If they, I have them losing. I think Purdue's going to make the Final Four. Then you're going to shock everybody. Why Sparty and Wolverine fans cry. Purdue probably be the one team that goes to the Final Four in the conference. Just minding their own business and getting better every week. I don't think Purdue's great. I'm not saying that. I, I think they got a good shot at making it to the Final Four. I think they could beat Tennessee, and I think they can beat Virginia. I think that's what's going to happen. They got a great player in Carson Edwards. They're pretty big. I think they got a good shot. Is it going to happen? Well, we'll see. Who knows? I don't know. I'm not a fortune teller. 
But I just think that Michigan and Michigan State fans need to just sit back in their chairs, maybe cover their mouths, stop whining, and kind of enjoy what's happening. I, I, I've never met two fan bases that they, they want the other to lose more than they want to win. <laughs> it's like, you know, oh, our bracket's so you know, much harder than Michigan. Who cares what Michigan's doing if you're state fans? Michigan, who cares what those guys are doing in East Lansing? That's their that their business. Let them handle it. You know, unless you're playing them. And when you're playing each other, that's fine. Throw the shade. Hey, throw the gauntlet. We hate you. I hate you. Totally get that part. Because you're playing the team. Totally get it. Bring the heat, man. That's what makes the rivalry fun. What makes it worse is when they don't play. And then the whining continues. In the in the... And the, it, it's like you, you know, you're you're in a relationship that's going really well, but you're crying about your ex. You know, don't worry about her. She's doing, she's living her life. You got your thing going. Things are pretty going pretty good at home. Quit worrying about everybody else's home. It just continues to get worse and worse. And oh, hey, maybe that's what makes it so special. Maybe that's what makes you know why I'm talking about it because it is a topic and. You know, at least they're being talked about, I guess, right? You know, I guess. But I just wish for one thing this week. Peace. And, you know, I'm, I'm not going to read anymore about, the, you know, from the fan bases. I got a lot of friends from both fan bases. I'm done with you guys. You guys are crazy. You guys are crazy. Go blue, go green. I hope both win. Do I think both will win and make the Final Four? No. But I. But it would be damn cool if they did it would be just awesome superb so i'm pulling for both i'm pulling for both because i think it'd be great for the state and i think people need to pump this state up more and i think people need to realize how damn good this state is in basketball i think we get kind of left in the in the back of the room i want us to be in the front i want us to be the stars of the show okay i'm tired of being the co-stars I want to celebrate the fact that both schools are really, really good. And I don't need to throw shade at the other to make me feel good about myself. That's just something that seems to happen in both fan bases too much. So, yeah, give me your thoughts. You know, please... (coughs) Excuse me, I'm losing my voice. I'm losing my life here thinking about this. But please give me some comments. Name me a rivalry where there's more whining. Please, just write it. And, and I want to research this thing, and I want to know, and I want to know how it really is in these other places, because right now, this is craziness in this state. Give me your comments, give me your feedback, give me who you think is going to make the Final Four, can't wait, awesome week, rant over, go blue, go green, it would be so cool to see both teams make it to the Final Four.